0: Welcome, and thank you for joining this podcast brought to you by the American Heart Association. The association's Digital Digest series features a range of podcasts and videos focused on the latest resuscitation science topics. Hello and welcome, my name is Gustavo Flores. I've been involved with the American Heart Association since the late 90s, and I've also been a member of the various ECC committees, uh, first aid and educational science and programs since 2010. I'm joined today by Dr. Cliff Calloway. Who will be talking about the need for cardiac arrest data and how we're going to be using it for patient care improvement thank you for being here
1: thanks thanks for having us uh here i'm cliff calloway i'm a professor of emergency medicine at the university of pittsburgh
0: i think that data is a very important topic and those who know me, are aware that that is a passion of mine. How many people are suffering sudden cardiac death in the US outside the hospital right now?
1: You know, it's a a really important question, which we only have indirect answers for. And uh, the problem is that we don't have really good accounting for all of the events that are happening everywhere. We have a number of sources of data. For example, all the death certificates filed in the country which might list cardiac arrest on it, might not. That gives us one estimate that more than 300,000, maybe 350,000 people are dying from something that involved cardiac arrest in the nation. But we don't know about the other people who didn't die from their cardiac arrest. And we aren't sure whether those people all died outside the hospital or inside the hospital. We have some smaller databases that gives us some idea but they don't represent every community. So uh, a number of research networks have collected data in big cities or around universities, and we extrapolate from that to figure out what the total burden is in the United States. We know it's hundreds of thousands of people, but we aren't really sure because we don't have uh, all the detailed data from every community.
0: And cardiac arrest is a circumstance as opposed to sudden cardiac death, which is a particular problem, which is the one that we're most um, intrigued about. How about in-hospital cardiac arrest?
1: In-hospital cardiac arrest is similar. We um, have a number of hospitals that participate in registries, and they have described what happens in the hospital when somebody has an emergency and there's an attempt to resuscitate them or, or rescue them from the emergency. And we have some sense from those hospitals that anywhere from 0.2 to 1 patients per thousand hospital admissions will have that type of emergency. But we aren't really sure if the hospitals that are participating in those databases are representative of all the hospitals in the country. So again, we extrapolate from that sample to um, understand what's happening everywhere.
0: So it means that we have a data collection problem. We need to start collecting more data. Um, we can't improve what we're not measuring. So what would be key metrics to measure?
1: That's exactly the the issue. Uh, why should we care? You know, is uh, this just an accounting thing where we would have a morbid curiosity about why uh, so many people uh, die and what is the mechanism? Or is there something that we can learn uh, from capturing these data to act upon and improve the chances of people having good recovery. Um, And I think it's the latter. If we get data from our own institution or from our own neighborhood, then we will learn where the gaps are that might make it so that more people can survive. Just understanding how many people die is is, uh, not the point. Uh, What we want to understand is how resuscitation is done and how we might do it better. So I think we should probably step away from looking at this as national data and a desire for national data and think about what we as individuals would want in our local environment. So I'm a practitioner in a hospital. I want to know how many emergencies happen in my hospital to understand, do I have enough people available at those times of day? Does it go well? Or are there key pieces of equipment missing whenever we go to an event on one floor versus another floor and we could put things in better positions so that it goes better? I won't know that unless I look at each of those events, each of those emergencies, write down and collect information about what went well and what did not go well, and then act on it to make it go better the next time. That's the whole cycle of improvement
0: and I would guess that probably some of the post event analysis may reflect the fact that some data is not being collected therefore that drives some data begets more data sometimes you realize that there are some specific elements that are not being measured and we're only measuring some demographics uh, but not measuring the quality of the of the uh, actual deliver of care what are the what would be an important metric that you would say, or a template that we could use to recommend systems that are interested in starting to collect data?
1: There are a couple of good examples of data collection that have been well thought out. In out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, uh, one is the uh, CARES registry, the cardiac arrest registry to enhance survival. Now this is a database that's been running since 2004. It's had a lot of input from a a lot of EMS providers and hospital providers and has narrowed down on actionable data elements which are generally known to any EMS agency when they take care of a cardiac arrest. So it provides good reports and good templates and it provides benchmarks where by looking at those variables, uh, agencies can compare themselves to their neighbors, to their state, to the nation and um, understand if there are gaps in the community, perhaps in layperson CPR, perhaps in response times, perhaps in something else. Every community will find, you know, what are its places where it might improve uh, its benchmarks. In the hospital, another uh, example is the Get With The Guidelines product, which is an American Heart program. Get With The Guidelines Resuscitation is a program that about 600 hospitals in the country are participating in now and uh, it's developed some comprehensive data to abstract the process and outcomes after a cardiac arrest event or a uh, emergency event in the hospital even more hospitals are uh, recording their rapid response team uh, events on top of just the cardiac arrest events
0: so i would imagine that many systems will have what i call potential data and that is patient care records that are piled up or in some (laughs) form of electronic uh, record, but they're not being tabulated. So by participating in a structured registry like CARES, how does that help when comparing with the national standards or the regional standards uh, to improve their outcomes?
1: I'm going to hearken back to something that we did in Pittsburgh, just as an example. And again, I think it's not always great to talk about policy, but to talk about the actual experience of collecting data. Uh, We were lucky to participate in one of the large research registries, uh, the Resuscitation Outcomes Consortium. And that, as part of its operations, reviewed every cardiac arrest event that our EMS agencies participated in. We collected very detailed data. Much of it was types of data that we had not ever looked at before. For example, we got the monitors and we looked at the actual uh, chest compressions that were delivered by looking at either the EKG tracings or accelerometers that were built into the monitors, so some high resolution data. For years we had looked at was CPR done, what were our response times, and we thought we had learned everything that we could learn from that. But once we started collecting those new pieces of data. Uh, we realized, oh my gosh, there's these long pauses while we defibrillate the patient. And we could reduce that with a simple training intervention to um, get less hands-off time before we defibrillate the patient. So, you know, a training cycle goes by and we were able to eliminate Uh, many seconds of no CPR that patients were routinely experiencing. Airway management turned out to have some uh, pauses in CPR, which we had never measured before and didn't actually know were an impact on our patient care. The very act of looking at the data that had been collected in our monitors all the time let us realize that there were things that we could improve uh, and if we had just looked at them years before, we would have improved them years before.
0: But I would interject that you're looking at the data from a patient-centered standpoint. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at the operations, operations of, or the response times or or other important factors, but not patient-centered. So by zooming in into that quality data, you were able to understand the problem. I have two, two sayings that I personally like is one of them is, uh, Once you understand the problem, the solution becomes obvious. (laughs) So once you are able to uh, look at at that data with a very analytical eye, you can then understand uh, potential opportunities. And the other one is the eye cannot see what the mind doesn't know. So by focusing on those key metrics that you're saying from the CARES registry, and uh, get with the guidelines we have a template to work upon so if you would have to start this from zero if you would I do a lot of promulgation in, all over the world I do a lot of uh, training and and one of the things that I encounter are many systems in other countries that are interested in improving their patient care mm-hmm. tell us first what is the experience in other countries who else is measuring data overseas and what has been their experience so far?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It, it does really require a number of things to start a data collection and quality improvement cycle. And as we've talked in, in other settings, it usually requires a champion who is passionate about the particular problem that you're going to um, address. We're talking about resuscitation, but we could be talking about stroke. We could be talking about trauma. Uh, The issues are the same. Somebody needs to take responsibility and feel that the care that we're delivering as a group, that we're accountable for it and that we want to improve it. If we were going to start from scratch, we might have data on some pieces of paper that are stored in the back office. They might be electronic files that are on some server. Um, Somebody needs to have the um, responsibility to go and be the champion who gets those out, looks at them, and then Uh, reviews them, ideally reviews them with the people who provided the care so that the caregivers can improve their own practice by reviewing those cases. Every time that's been done, improvement happens. And there are examples of this in the United States, uh, individual cities that start collecting data, start looking at it. Uh, take their practice and it gets better and better and better over time. One of the first cities to ever do this was Seattle in in King County and what was the magic sauce? Well they collected data and they looked at it and they improved over time. A few great examples where there's been a a tremendous national will to um, understand what's happening at a nation level are Scandinavia. These countries have had single health systems where all the care is provided by a a single health system. Uh, Those countries are the size of some states in the United States. So it's a a great advantage to be a little bit more nimble and able to do things on a national level when you're that size. Sweden has collected data for decades and has shown steady year-to-year increase in bystander CPR, improved response times, and to go along with it, improved survival after out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. A number of years ago, Japan decided this was important, and they just uh, decreed that every cardiac arrest in the nation would be recorded, and they have. And uh, many of the papers and uh, new data that we're looking at now are coming from Japan and from their uh, tremendous database that they've collected. Other countries in Asia are following suit and having similar experiences that whatever the first five years of data they collected is the beginning, the next five years looks better and the next five years looks even better. Um, So I I just see the, the theme over and over. As soon as you start looking, things begin improving. Why? it's not the same reason in every place. It's the local solution, and it's probably not a nationwide solution, it's the solution for the community where you live uh, because the problems you have in Puerto Rico may be different, I'm certain are different than the problems I have in Pennsylvania, and uh, my data will inform you, but the actions I take may not be the same as the actions you have to take.
0: I think a system's DNA is permanently altered by the institution of uh, a systematic collection of data because providers are now aware that every action matters Mm -hmm. and that they're being i don't want to say judged because this is not a punitive uh, approach Mm. we're looking at the best patient care possible from a system standpoint so but by understanding that there is a patient-centered metric that matters uh, it trickles down to other Condition. So if you pick a topic that matters to you as a champion, eventually when you tackle another one, say sepsis, say stroke, stemmies, or whatever, the same methodology will likely apply. What's the metric that matters to me? Therefore, people will start understanding what really matters, not from their standpoint, but from their um the patient, which is what really matters here.
1: Yeah, and that, that, that's I think the interaction between uh, science and quality improvement. I think we do science and we do research to try to figure out which of the factors are the most important or more important than others, or which one should we, should we try to measure? How do we measure it? You know, is there a new technology that lets us measure something? And those are scientific questions. But your first point is, yeah, just the fact that we measure it shows that it's important. And that sends a powerful message. Um, as providers we all want to do an excellent job. You know, Nobody wants to be a, a, a mediocre provider. No one wants to do a mediocre job of, uh, of our profession or our resuscitation or our care for a patient. We want to do an excellent job. Well, you're more likely to do an excellent job if the system around us points out that it matters. So if the system is looking at what we do and cares about what we do, uh, that sends a powerful message all by itself that doing an excellent job is not only something that's internally gratifying and good for the patient, but uh, also valued by the uh, organization that we're part of. So in some sense, I don't care what you measure, you need to measure some aspects of it, and you'll enjoy that effect of, well, it matters, and so we're gonna measure it. And if we inject science into it and say, you know, and if you're gonna measure it, we ought to measure you know, response time. You ought to measure the CPR fraction and the hands-off time and your time to defibrillation and, you know, things that have been shown in, in scientific studies to be powerful drivers of better outcomes. Um, that gives us a roadmap of what to measure. But the measuring itself is a powerful message.
0: And that, that works also towards <clears> your organizational, uh, your, your, your pride to belong to an organization because that's your story. It belongs... Now, now it's it's your community and yeah. it's your program that is actually accomplishing something. Why would the national registries, the national bodies care for the data that a local system
1: mm-hmm. from a
0: very far away place is collecting? Why is it so important at the national level when we're looking at big data from big cities to look at a small city that is doing a cardiac arrest care every so often
1: yeah um, well you know the care the care that matters most is the care that you receive wherever you are so it is irrelevant if the uh, data that comes from uh, large metropolitan areas uh, is doing wonderfully but in my small town or my uh, local zip code that I have not good results I need to understand locally what the barriers and issues are in order to try to improve care locally now that scales up. So um, the solutions in uh, many small places um, may have similarities where we can learn. If you are uh, quite advanced and have um, had uh, great results in North Dakota, and I can learn how to apply that in a rural part of Pennsylvania, that will be an advantage to those people who live in in those locations, uh, which we could not um, share unless we had some national sharing of data. In addition, it's, it's really important to us as a culture, I think, to have equal and fair delivery of emergency care. Consistent. It shouldn't matter uh, where, you? where your zip code is or um, what, the, uh, what the local character of uh, your part of the nation is uh, about whether you're entitled to receive the best emergency care. So if there are disparities, if there are uh, uneven spots, if we're not delivering resources to certain areas, we need to know that and uh, work to make that so it is more equitable.
0: In your experience in a large EMS system, how does that reflect other areas of your system? Why improving sudden cardiac death matters to your overall system, not just also pre-hospital, but also the systems of care that are created for in-hospital care.
1: Cardiac arrest is the ultimate team sport. Uh, no, individ- no single provider can deliver the entire care, and it's not even just the EMS agency. It's the EMS agency plus the hospital plus the whole regional system of care. So it's a great way to look at how well um, the system is integrated and set up for emergencies. Plus, it's the big call. This is the event that a lot of ALS has been designed for. It uses all of your equipment. The only thing comparable to it is probably major trauma, where you use a different set of equipment, but you use all of the equipment. So um, this is the one where you should look and say, how did the system work? This is the thing that we designed the system for. It's the 1% of calls that we got everything out of the drug bag. And how did it go? Were we able to use all of the tools to the maximum effect?
0: Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. For transcripts of this podcast and more information about resuscitation science, please visit CPR.heart.org or engage with us via social media using hashtag ECC Digital Digest.